0: Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast. This is episode seven. This is going to be one big hour long special because, as we know, it's the holiday season. Tomorrow's Christmas. So, we're getting out one big happy episode for all of you listeners. You are joined, obviously, by our hosts, Kyle and Arjun. And, obviously, firstly, make sure to follow us at GGGoonerPod on Twitter. Make sure to check out Z89, our, our parents, our lovers, our awesome people. And Arjun, the first, we're going to start off with the Saints, because they play tomorrow on Christmas. We're filming this on the Thursday. They play Friday. And they had a, a weird week. Let's call it that. A very strange week um, going into the game against the Chiefs. Drew Brees was announced to be returning as the starting quarterback. And no one really knew how he would play. So talk to us about how Drew played and how the Saints played as a whole against Probably the best team in the NFL, and that was very clear on Sunday.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and Merry Christmas to you, Kyle, and Merry Christmas to our listeners. Well, the Saints last Sunday, they fell to the Chiefs 32-29, second straight loss on the season. But honestly, it was a great performance. Maybe not from Drew Brees, but missing a lot of our receiving core, the defense stepped up. And 32 points, allowing 32 points may not seem like a great defensive performance. But, man, that defense was tough all day. And you got to remember, a lot of the Saints' drives on offense were super short. Extremely short drives, three and out a bunch. The Saints didn't get a first down until halfway through the second quarter. So the Chiefs had a ton of offensive drives to work. A ton of the time of possession to work. And the Saints' defense held up. They played amazing. And I got to give credit to that defense. They kept us in the game. Drew Brees started off super slow, super, super slow. And, I mean, it's expected he's coming back from a pretty rough injury. And he's 41 years old, turning 42 in two weeks. But, you know, it, it makes me question, did we have to rush him back? How would Taysom have performed against this team, you know? but I am very proud of how the saints played against the best team in the NFL. I think indisputably the best team in the NFL. I don't know if there's a close second, really. Um, Maybe it's us. Maybe it's the Packers. It's not the Steelers anymore, but I'm happy with how we played. And if this team is healthy, this could be a super bowl. This could be the super bowl. And I think we could take it if, if it comes around to be that. And I'm excited because a lot of things didn't go the Saints way. I mean, Drew coming back, no wide receivers pretty much. Kamara not getting that many touches. If the defense performs like this through the next two weeks and into the playoffs, we got a shot.
0: I got to say, the defense really did hold its own. Like, people are going to say, oh, the Saints were outclassed. They, had, they stood no chance. The Chiefs had easily won. They let that back in the game, but still. The Chiefs had like about 80 drives. They I think in the first quarter or first half, they had, I think, I think it was the first quarter. They had they ran 26 plays in like in one quarter. That doesn't happen. No team runs that many. You're you're on pace to run over hundred plays in a game. That's crazy. And the Saints defense held its own. That especially up front, man, Carl Granderson and Trey Hendrickson, the two of them on their own. Had some of the best play I've ever seen. That Trey Hendrickson ran through Eric Fisher. He had that man's number. And then Carl all Granderson game. all game. And then Carl Granderson, I think five or six times either pressured, sacked, or hit Mahomes. It was crazy. Like the two of them, like Cam Jordan didn't have a great game. Da- Davenport didn't have a game. Like, it was just those two just had some lights out performances. And Imagine if the rest of the defense, like the D-line especially, plays like they did. Oh, we can beat anybody. Like, we've been known to be like a defensive line, like our defensive line is the best. We're great run blockers. We're great pass rushers. We haven't performed well in the last couple weeks. But man, this week, those two especially turned it up. Trey's now tied for the league lead in sacks. Like, that's crazy. And very big credit, especially you could see the first two drives the Chiefs had. It was CJ Gardner Johnson against Tyreek Hill. And that obviously to anyone is like the scariest thing because, again, Tyreek Hill can outrun anybody. Yep. But man, CJ GJ, he played real well. He did well. He got hurt. And as soon as he got hurt, they passed it right to Tyreek Hill. But he played it. He's, he played his butt off. And you can see why he's how much trust. Dennis Allen and the Saints have in C.J. Garner Johnson to play one-on-one against some guys. And he's not our cornerback. He's a a strong safety. But man, he is a great cover guy. And he's fiery. The entire game, the Chiefs were going at him. They were fighting, arguing. And he was like, come at me. I'm fine. I can take it. And I'm excited to see this team play 100%. Because as you said, Drew was nowhere close to being healthy. Even he said it after the game. He was like, after the first pass, I felt hurt. And I was just, I played through pain and I didn't feel comfortable. And he still, he had that one, two, like, what was it? One, two minute drill that he did real well. And we scored a touchdown in besides that we didn't see vintage drew. He missed passes left, right, and center. And he made mistakes (laughs) and it just didn't look pretty. But if drew plays well and no, no, like shade at Lil Jordan Humphrey, but if we have, our other receivers back, like uh, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, we have a shot. Our O-line has been banged up. Like <laughs> we, just about every single position has someone hurt, if not multiple people. And we played really valiantly this week. Again, if Alex Anzalone recovers a fumble in the end zone, technically we have like, if oh, everything Lord. else the same, ha- happened the same way, we technically win the game.
1: I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to bring it up immediately because that play is such a fluke play. But I mean, as soon as it happened, I was, when the fumble happened, I went crazy. And I, I sort of looked away from the TV. I was celebrating. I assumed it was an immediate touchdown. My dad's a Chiefs fan and he was yelling at me like they didn't recover it. I was like, what do you mean they didn't recover it? And then I see the ball through the back of the end zone and I'm like, no way, no chance that that kind of thing only happens in the Saints And I tweeted it. I mean, this is going to come back to bite us. It did in a way. Um, You don't know that things would have gone the same if Anzalone recovers that maybe we play better, maybe we play worse, but I mean, it's just one of those things it's just so unfortunate. And I mean, Anzalone was getting a lot of hate for it. I mean, you're going to foster a little bit of resentment initially, especially since Anzalone sort of fallen out of favor since we got Alexander. But I mean, it's, it's just a fluke play. You know, you fall on it. You're supposed to fall on it. It deflected off his pad. It squeezed out. We move on, you know, that's just what you have to do. But I mean, the, going back to the the receiving core, the saints receiving core has suffered through playing guys like Keith Kirkwood for, for years now, you know, we have Michael Thomas, but bringing Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders was huge. Kamara's is obviously a great receiving threat, but I mean, Breeze is used to playing with guys who, you know, maybe can't catch all the balls he throws at him. But Drew coming off of injury probably isn't used to that. So I really, we really need Michael Thomas and Deonta Harris and even Marcos Callaway. We need, we need those guys back. And it was smart to put Thomas on the IR because I think, I think we knew that, you know, the one seed might be a little bit out of reach because the Packers are most likely going to win out. And, I mean, we should win out our next two games against the Vikings and the Panthers. But even if we tied the Packers on record, they have the tiebreaker over us. So I think we're gunning for that two seed to try and play the seven seed and have Thomas, Harris, and Callaway back for the playoffs and be a fully healthy team, which is what this team needs. And, I mean, Drew's performance was rough. And I don't think we expected him to come out of the gates firing again, but 15 for 34. I mean, the guy with the best completion percentage in NFL history throws sub 50% in his first game back from injury against the best team in the NFL. He should be doing better than that. And I, he knows it, you know, he knows it. He knows that you have to start fast against the chiefs because if you don't, then they will. And while we kept them to seven points in the first quarter, despite them running 26 plays, we fell behind too much too, too early. They, they had our number in that first half, and, and we fought hard to get back in the game. But you can't play from behind against, against Kansas City because they've got a running game. And our tackling was pretty poor, too. Clyde Edwards-Elair was able to break a lot of tackles, as was on Bell, to get first downs. And again, we didn't keep a QB spy on Mahomes, and he picked up a couple really crucial first downs. So it's just the little things, and this team is so close, and this team has been close for years. But it's just a matter of getting healthy, having our defense play like that. If they can play like that, then we win the Super Bowl. It's it's simply down to that. No matter how poorly Drew Brees plays, this is one of the worst games I've ever seen him play, and we lost to the best team in the NFL by three. We can beat anybody, absolutely anybody, if this defense plays like that. And you just have to hope they keep it up. And I hope they do. And I think they can. But it's just it's just down to that.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, Drew, like a lot of – I, he, like, clearly, we've talked about it. He did not look good. Like, not one bit. And he didn't look – he didn't look right. Like, you could tell something was just off with him. And – like, so I'm everyone, like, especially in that first quarter, that first, like, two minutes, three minutes of like Drew Brees playing. Like, I saw Twitter was just like, this guy is gone. He's retired. He should never play again. Everyone's got to remember in the last month, the man had 11 fractured ribs and a punctured lung. And he's <laughs> playing the most physically demanding sport in like the world. And he's sitting there taking a beating. And we expect him to come out perfectly amazing as good as he ever has. I expect him to play better than this, but I didn't expect him to be a hundred percent. Like,
1: I think, I think most, I think most people who've seen breeze play all year knows that he's not going to come out of the gates firing. And I mean, that throw to Emmanuel Sanders, that 51 yard throw Sanders got separation and drew found him and it was a great throw. And it shows you what he can do. And it shows you what he hasn't been able to do all year because Michael Thomas hasn't been healthy. Sanders was getting into a little bit of a groove before Taysom had to take over, but it shows you what he can do still. And he can make those throws consistently if the wide receivers can get separation. Yeah. And that's the and other thing. Like, It's not like little Jordan Humphrey and Juwan Johnson are going to get a lot of separation against some of the best corners in the NFL. Well,
0: that's the thing. A lot of the throws to like Juwan Johnson, they were some crazy throws. Like if Juwan Johnson turned around just a second beforehand – like not even like a split second. If he had turned his shoulder a little bit, it would have been a catch. It was just that he didn't turn around in time or Humphrey didn't turn around. Like there was just small things that like, if that's a Michael Thomas, that's a catch. And it's a like great throw by drew and it's all these things, but because it's little Jordan Humphrey and it's Keith Kirkwood's like those type of guys and they don't catch the ball. It's like, Oh, drew didn't throw the ball. Well, it's all drew's fault. He's your retire. Get him out of the league. No, the guy again, the guy is coming back from probably one of the toughest injuries you can. He had, yeah. he had over half of his ribs fractured, like, or maybe I don't, I don't, I don't remember how many are in the body. Yeah, it was twenty-four. Okay, it's twenty-four. So we had about half his ribs fractured, and he had he had half a lung. He had half of his lungs. <laughs> he had one lung punctured, and we expect him within a month to play like the Hall of Famer he is. Mm-hmm. I call shenanigans on you, like, man, I. I'm, just, I'm excited to see, especially this week, because we're getting Marquez Callaway back. He is off yep. the IR. He is uh, light practice right now, which is, oh, it's a godsend. I mean, again, like Sanders had that 151-yard bomb. But besides that, it was clear that he was being locked up, that he was being doubled. And even Jared Cook at some points was getting doubled. It was like really clear that they were like, Beat us with Humphrey, beat us with Carr, beat us with Johnson. Have them beat us, because they're not going to do it. And having Callaway back will be one extra weapon for Drew, so you can't double everybody. And if Kamara plays as well as we know he can, one less weapon, one more weapon for him. And if Murray plays well, one more weapon for him. He had that touchdown. He bolted to the end zone. Like, again, we've said it for a few weeks now. When Murray gets running downhill, he's not being stopped. Like he looks yeah. scary running straight, like a straight line run. You're not stopping him.
1: He can he can truck you and then and then beat you for speed right after. And I'm, we know he can, which is one of my gripes about the game plan. Was we came out throwing, and I get you. You're trying to get you're trying to get Drew back comfortable, but coming back throwing to get Drew comfortable sort of takes the running game out of it. And when you have a one-two punch of Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, Kamara only had 11 carries and three catches on the day. We need to get him more touches, period. He needs to get more touches. We're playing the Vikings next week, and Dalvin Cook gets an absurd amount of touches because he's a really talented running back. And Kamara deserves the same. He deserves to be getting the same amount of touches as a Derrick Henry, um, a Dalvin Cook, I would say Aaron Jones, but they don't give him the ball that much. But Kamara needs to get more touches. If he gets if he gets more carries in that first quarter, Drew gets more comfortable. And maybe we we get a touchdown put up in the first quarter. And maybe we we're in better shape playing the Chiefs. But it, it, just a little gripe. I mean, I'm not obviously neither of us know better than Sean Payton, but it's just what you see in the offense. And it's just what you see, you know, you're one of your most explosive guys not getting the ball as much as he should be. You know, he had a really good carry, I think in the third or fourth quarter. And I remember thinking to myself, why didn't we see that earlier when we weren't working against the clock? So it's just one of those things. And I mean, I've said it, I said it just shortly ago, we're so close, we're so close. And if we can finish out the season with two wins, and going to the playoffs with that confidence, I'm, I feel really good about this team. I feel really, really good about this team.
0: No, I feel good as well. And, I mean, you talked about it a little bit, and it can lead us into our preview, actually, which makes it awesome. Um, this weekend's the Vikings. I think Kamara needs to get all the touches that he hasn't been getting the last few weeks. Because the big thing for me is that, and it was announced earlier today by the Vikings, that Eric Kendricks is out for the game. Kendricks is one of the Vikings linebackers. He's, in my opinion, one of the best linebackers in the NFL. He's not talked about at all. He is everything you want in a linebacker. He's fast. He's he's there. He's there, Demario Davis, and he's scary good. And him being out for this game means, in my opinion, Kamara should be having a field day. I expect Kamara to go for over 150 yards, like all-purpose. I That's my bold prediction. He's going to go for over 150 all-purpose, either rushing, receiving, a combination of everything, a myriad of whatever happens. But he needs to get the ball. And I think you use and abuse the Alvin Kamara screen that I think you just, you utilize that. It's an easy throw for Drew to make. If he sees something interesting coming off of that screen, let him rip the ball and... I think you just give it to Kamara, let him make plays every week. Like my, us, both of us and every single Saints reporter, we have a weekly Alvin Kamara is good at football tweet because he's really good at football. Like he's, he's incredible.
1: And I mean, I think getting Alvin Kamara, the ball, especially on throws, that'll get drew more comfortable. And that's the point. You want to get drew back comfortable in the pocket, ready to take hits again and freeing up Alvin Kamara in the flat, as a screen, um, on a wheel, uh, on an angle route, any one of those. Getting him the ball as a third or fourth read, that's what Drew did before he got injured, and that's why our offense was rolling so well. And maybe teams have figured figured that out, but the Vikings, no matter how much they have it figured out, they don't have the weapons to stop it because they're missing Kendricks and their linebacker room is a little depleted right now. So I think the game plan going into this week is get Alvin Kamara the ball, especially since we we're, we're getting back Callaway. We won't have Thomas or Harris, and I I don't know why we don't get him the ball more. So that's my take on how our offense should play. But our defense, if I mean Dalvin Cook is insanely talented. He's a great running back and. The front four, if they play like they did against Kansas City, Dalvin Cook isn't going to do anything. And yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, like, if if we play like we did last week, and I think, like, we've had two rough, really rough weeks against the rush. Like, this week was especially tough because you, you have to stop the pass, and so you can't predict the rush is going to happen. Like, it's a very – So, weird- it, it,
1: it I mean, Patrick Mahomes, we didn't mention Patrick Mahomes at all.
0: Yeah. He made some
1: insane that. throws. Insane. Throws that no other quarterback in this league could make. Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback, but he just—he, I've never seen a quarterback improvise as well as Mahomes does. I, I've never seen a quarterback just tear up a defense as good as the Saints. It, it, it's 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 awe inspiring, honestly.
0: It, we tweeted it out incredible. on the account during as our like game recap. Tweeted out our one like paragraph or so of things. And the one thing we made sure to put in there was that the Saints got beat by Mahomes. Mahomes yep. Mahomes'. Like there was about six or seven plays. And I think you can agree to this that no other quarterback would attempt and no one else would succeed at. Rogers could probably do two or three of the plays, but man, he there was some where he would roll out and he'd be running to his left and like touchdown pass to hardman mccall hardman that was that's that's the one that stuck in my mind because and it was like it was literally like the best throw you could make he had a about a two by two foot window to throw that ball into and he threw it perfectly and allowed hardman the space to toe drag Mm -hmm. no one else like rogers can make that throw maybe like and again it just the saints even when you're going out to him in the flat there was multiple times where he just deked out cam jordan he made Cam Jordan fly one way. He stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no stopping Mahomes. You would And that throw to that throw to Hardman stuck out to me because he
1: was rolling to his left. He had pressure bearing down on him. I thought he was going to throw the ball away because it was third down, I think. And you know, you can set yourself up for a kick. Hardman got a little bit of separation from Janoris. And I agree Aaron Rodgers can make that throw. He wouldn't attempt it though unless it was crunch time, the, the throw I'm remembering Rogers make against the Cowboys a couple of years ago in the playoffs, it was to, I forget which tight end, but it was rolling to his left. It was a perfect throw right on the sideline. And it set up Mason Crosby for the game winning field goal. That's the kind of throw you make with 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter, not in the second quarter or the third quarter when you're up on a team already. And that's just what's crazy about Mahomes. He'll attempt it. And more, more often than not, he'll he'll make he'll make the play. And he beat us. He beat us. And the fact that we had to stop the pass opened up Edwards E for 70 79 yards and opened up Le'Veon Bell for 62 more. So that's the danger in that. We're playing Kirk Cousins next week. Probably not going to be the same deal, but they've got two of the they've probably got the best wide receiver one and wide receiver two in the NFL right now, Thielen and Jefferson. Jefferson made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. He's been super impressive. And Adam Thielen, we know what he can do. He's done it against us before. So Me. that's going to be a little bit scary, but we, um, we've got the talent in the secondary to get it done. And if we can get pressure on Kirk Cousins, Thielen and Jefferson won't be a factor.
0: Man, I am, I am scared, though, facing them. Um, the only the only big offensive miss for them right now is that they are both missing Alexander Madison, who's their backup running back, but they also have Amir Abdullah, so it doesn't make a difference. And they're also missing Kyle Rudolph, their number one tight end, the man who's broke who broke our hearts last year, um, and has done it countless times. So him being out, Madison being out, it's going to be a bit more of a one on one contest, and there's going to be help. I'm I'm expecting. Um, marcus williams and malcolm jenkins and cj gj to be more of safeties this week because jefferson's a deep threat he he's not just he's a a deep threat and he's a threat like i i drafted him my fantasy league and luckily i'm not in the playoffs anymore i got i was i'm in the constellation bracket so luckily i don't have to worry about oh i want to put up points but i want us to lose i just want him to not put up anything yeah like I, he's a great, yeah yeah but he is scary good. He is he is electric to watch. Some of the routes he runs are it's it's very scary what he can do. That is like he's a very good route runner and he's only going to get better. That's the other thing. He's fast. And I in in this draft
1: I wanted us to take Jefferson if he fell to us. Oh, I I oh, was awesome. I it would have been fantastic because that would have been can you imagine Drew Brees throwing to Justin Jefferson?
0: Yeah, in his I prime. Brees Justin Jefferson and Michael Thomas would have been awesome. At that point, we wouldn't have signed Emmanuel Sanders. We would have had Jefferson instead. But like, man, he's good. He's <laughs> it's Lattimore and Jenkins are going to have their hands full this week with, with <laughs> Jefferson and Thielen because again, Thielen's really good. People forget how good Thielen is. Thielen's the number one target for them. It's Thielen, Jefferson as the number one and two wide receivers. Like And I mean Kirk Cousins has
1: been has been really good in the last five or six weeks. They did take a loss to the Bears last week, which should take a hit to their confidence losing that divisional game. But it's not Bears. And but Kirk is Kirk has been good. So I mean we we shouldn't underestimate Kirk Cousins. And I don't think this uh the Saints defense is going to take it lightly seeing as we lost to the Vikings last year and two years before that. So, I mean, I'm expecting us to take a
0: win. I hope. Um, You got a score prediction, Kyle? Ooh, I, so I kind of have a feeling, and this might be my optimism that our defense is just going to have one of those games where like you can't beat them. Um, That we, let me check, where is this game being played this week? uh the game is being played if i'm correct in the superdome so we're in new orleans um and there's about what three thousand fans i think that'll be in attendance um which is awesome to see um because the fans do make a difference for us as we know
1: absolutely Um,
0: i score prediction i'm thinking it's going to be 38 24 us i think the saints i think it's going to be a big chimera day as i said earlier I'm going 150 yards for Camara. I think Breeze is going to have one of those vintage Breeze games. I think we're going to pick off Kirk Cousins two or three times. I think Cook's going to get near 100 yards, but he's not going to get 100 yards. And I think we're going to have one of those days where it's like you can't beat us. You just can't. So that's my prediction. What about you?
1: I'm going to go a Saints win. I'm going to go 30, 31 to 21. 31-21,
0: 31-21. Okay. I think
1: I think Cook will eclipse 100 yards. Uh he is that good. He I was, I mean, before before Sanders and Hertz broke that streak, I was predicting Dalvin Cook would break it because he's just been that good. Um 31-21. Yep, that's my prediction. I think Kirk will throw a couple picks. I think we will try and take Thielen and Jefferson out of it, but I think they'll get a touchdown each. And uh, I think also it'll be a big Kamara day, but I think Drew Brees will have a good day too. No picks back to his 70% completion percentage. And um, I think Emmanuel Sanders will get a touchdown as well.
0: Yeah, I, I hope he does. And we're being optimistic about the saints that yeah. Drew Brees is going to act from injury. Everyone's coming back. We're facing the Vikings on Christmas day. We're being optimistic. And then there's the other team we like and we support <sighs> and I'm a bit less optimistic about this team. Um Arsenal, this past week. It's it's been a fun week for us since Southampton. Uh, We lost 2 1 to Everton and we lost 4 1 to Man City uh, in the Carabao Cup. So I'll talk about that quickly before we talk about the Everton game. So uh, we played Man City. uh, First thing, first note from the game Martinelli played and he (laughs) looks good. He He does. I'm so happy to see him back because we need him back. He brings us creativity, he brings drive. He brings what we need in a team. And I'm so happy to see him back. He got the assist on Lacazette's goal. But, ah, we, hmm, ah, Runnerson. He's not a goalkeeper I really (laughs) want as our backup. Um, That he he hasn't looked awesome in the Europa League. And it was very clear this week um, because he got torched. On three or f- almost all four of the goals were somehow his fault, um, which the might. Demar's
1: be- free kick, one hundred percent. The Jesus header, I'm not sure what he was doing there. There was a lot of issues everywhere.
0: Right? Yeah, um, he but, doesn't look
1: comfortable with the ball at his feet either, like Leno does. Yeah.
0: So if Leno gets hurt, we're in a bit of a pickle. Uh yeah. Normally, like we've had Emmy Martinez, and <laughs> we've always been told how good he was that for years we were told he's awesome that teams who had him on loan were like, he's great. He's a great guy, but we never played him. And then when we did, when Leno got hurt, I mean, he earned his move away to Austin Villa. He played lights out yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. Like, with Runnerson, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: I'm really not sure. And honestly, with the state of this team, I'm happy Emmy got out because he he deserved to have a starting place somewhere. And if it was here, uh, I hope he wouldn't be blamed for anything because, I mean, honestly, neither of us are blaming Leno for what's going on at the club.
0: No, Leno deserves no blame. He's He's been one of the few bright spots, and that's not saying much. Um, but, yeah, the other game, as we said, uh, Everton. You want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was a
1: weird game because um, we played our – trademark style of possession and then never get into the box. Uh, Pepe scored a penalty, uh, won by Ainsley Mait- Maitland-Niles, who was probably our best player um, on the day. And um, I think if Ainsley, if Ainsley Mait- Maitland-Niles hasn't earned his way into the starting 11 by now, I don't know what he has to do personally because he's been great, um, especially at that right wing back spot. I think he, he should have it over Bellerin, 100%. And – I it's nice to see Maitland Niles playing. And I mean, but
0: the performance was just so poor on um, that first like, half, man. First, and first, I mean, things first, William should be yeah. sold. He should be thrown <laughs> out of the building and never allowed back in. That was one I of was the about worst, to say first halves or first, one of the worst performances I've seen from any player at an arsenal shirt. Like mm-hmm. he, he would get the ball and he would turn around. Yeah. I don't think he made... I, I said this to somebody. I don't think he made one forward pass or one even sideways pass the entire match. Like, and it's just... God. He,
1: I mean, we suck. We <laughs> suck. That's the, that's the best way to summarize it. We just suck. And... Uh, oh, gosh. I mean, we we will... We have a transfer window special coming up. We're going to discuss... I mean, who we want to be sold, who we want to bring in, who our untouchables are. But the the plain and simple truth is that we suck right now. And I mean, I'm not I'm hesitant to say we're in a relegation battle because we have more quality than Fulham, West Brom, or Sheffield do. But I mean, right now, Arteta out is the rallying cry. But I was I'm not Arteta out. First of all, I'm not Arteta out. But I mean, it's the thing. It's like we need stability. And I don't know if bringing in another manager would help. Today, PSG fired Thomas
0: Tuchel. They fired fired Thomas Tuchel and they hired Mauricio Pochettino. So if we fire Arteta, who do we hire? Allegri didn't want to go to PSG. He was one of the options they had. Do we want to bring in Tuchel? I don't really want to. I've I've seen some good from him, but a lot of bad.
1: I saw I saw today. Lt Arsenal on Twitter tweeted, um, "Would would the board want to bring in Tuchel because Tuchel would criticize the board because you know that's what he yeah. does. He would, so you, the he board would doesn't the want that. Want. <laughs> and I mean the thing is, we'll discuss this on the transfer special. But the youngsters need a shot. Um, not Joe Willock though." I'm gonna say that. I think Joe Willock. When we bring him on, we immediately go down to ten men. I he I've never seen. I mean, he scored a worldie against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup last last year, two years ago, something like that. Last year, I think. But I don't see what he brings to the team in the Premier League. He made forty four Premier League, forty four appearances in all competitions last year, and they're all forgettable. They're all forgettable, and I mean, I don't know why we play Willock over someone like Emile Smith-Rowe, who's shown so much spark, or, I mean, Reese Nelson is injured right now, but he deserves a a shot in the team, and it's just the youngsters. It shows you Gabriel Martinelli was incredible when he came on against, or when he played against City, and he brought a spark when he played against Everton, when we played against Everton, too. He came on uh, in place of Pepe, I believe, and... He immediately got the ball in half spaces, tried to work it forward, and we showed urgency in the last four minutes of the game, which was it. We didn't show urgency when we went down 2-1. We showed urgency in the last four minutes of the game. If we showed it earlier, maybe we would have gotten equalizer. But a lot of that was down to Martinelli getting the urgency going. But I mean, I don't know what you think about,
0: you know, the youngster situation, but. I mean, you kind of said it with Willick. Willick plays as if he's Matteo Genduzi, but he can't go forward or sideways. That's what Willick, he just, he looks like he's trying like Ganduzzi did. That it's the idea of like, he puts in so much effort and you can see it. But Ganduzzi, like, you could see what he was trying to do. That you could see he wanted to get the ball forward and get it to Aubameyang and get it out wide. But with Willick, I don't know what he's trying to do. I, I'm stuck here thinking, like, where what are you doing? What's your play style? Like, in this game, we needed a goal. We needed someone to come on to push us forward. And off the bench, we had Lacazette, Martinelli, Willick, Emile Smith-Rowe as our kind of forward options. Yep. Lacazette came on and Martinelli came on. Awesome. Willick should not have come on. It should have been Smith-Rowe. Because Smith-Rowe wants to go forward with it. He might not be as good going backwards, but he wants to go forward. So you say, okay, Ceballos, you're going to sit back deeper. Screw it. Maybe even Maitland-Niles sits back a little bit deeper. He doesn't make as many runs forward. And you have Smith-Rowe go forward. I think we have a shot at that point. And I don't get why Smith-Rowe hasn't played. He's looked good for us in the past. He's looked good in the Europa League. Like, give the kid a shot at least.
1: Like And I think giving him a shot just as a substitute in the Prem, I think would be a good idea. And with Smith-Rowe and with Reese Nelson, who has shown also he can bring a spark to the team, they should be playing. It's, it's been established that the youngsters care about the team because they've been with the team for a long time. And Arteta is, I, I, I trust him, but he's, his team selection is just so weird. That doesn't make sense to me. That is the one. And I think, and I think that's what is, you know, sort of making people skeptical is what are you trying to do? Where are you trying to go with the team? And I think the next month will give us a good idea of who he wants to get rid of the dead weight. He wants to get rid of and who he wants to bring in. But if we don't make that many changes in January, I'm not going to be all that convinced by Arteta's plan. No.
0: So yeah, right agree. now I
1: don't think we're in a relegation battle, but if Arteta somehow gets sacked or if we don't make the proper changes in January, it's a concern. It is a genuine concern.
0: The Not right now. I have to say that we're in a relegation battle when we're sitting in 15th with 14 points and Fulham who are in 18th have 10 points. And we've played the same mm-hmm. amount of matches. The fact that we're four points from the relegation zone and top of the table is Liverpool with 31 points ain't really pretty. It, it yeah. really is not ideal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, we shouldn't have to say we're in a relegation battle because it's very clear we have a better team, but they're not playing like it. Like, Aubameyang has been hurt the past few games. Since he scored his goal, he's been hurt. So we haven't seen him play again to score. And I hope, I hope against Chelsea he plays and he scores because that would be awesome. to would make me happy. But... We need to bring in players. We're going to talk about it on the transfer special, which you guys can you guys can check that out when it comes out. I believe December thirty first is the plan, either that or January first. Who knows? Be one of the two days. And a lot of these, as you said, a lot of the dead weight has to be sold. There are so many players who should not be, and are like should not be being paid by us. Aaron, there's so many players that are being paid by us that should play. Cough, cough, Mesudozil. Again. He'd fit the bill as to what we need, but he's not going to play because of politics. And I don't want to get into that because we've talked about it so many times. And with all Arsenal topics, we're we're, we're beating the dead horse. We're a broken record. Like, yep. we've, we've said it every week on this show. We need to bring in someone who can go forward. We need to bring in someone who can play in the midfield. We need to bring in defenders. We need to sell off the dead weight. We don't know why Mesudozel isn't playing. We don't know why Smith Rowe isn't playing. Like, there's so many issues that it's very clear it's the same things and the same things and the same things. And it will and, never change unless we start by doing one of them. When one starts, the others will follow. Like, I. And we've been saying the
1: same things for seven weeks. And even in our pre tape episode against United, when we won that game, it's been then since it's gone downhill but it's been the same things and none of them have been fixed. The team selection hasn't changed. The quality hasn't changed. It's gotten worse. You can say, but I mean, we have Chelsea in two days on boxing day, Saturday. And uh, I, I think it's very hard to see us getting a point in that one. Chilwell and Reese James are questionable for the game, I think, which could give us a slight advantage, but Aubameyang is also in doubt. So we'll have to see what the front three is. If Willian's in there at all, we don't get the three points. We don't get one point. If Aubameyang doesn't play, I don't know how it'll go, but we've got Brighton three days after Chelsea and West Brom three days after Brighton. So The next three, and then we don't have a game in the Premier League for 12 more days after that. So the next three games are going to be important as maybe we can get some points out of them. Hopefully all three against Brighton and all three against West Brom as those are clubs that are below us in the table right now. And if we don't get the points against them, then we're in a relegation battle because those are teams of lower quality than us and lower in the table than us. We're fifteenth. Brighton are currently seventeenth, I believe. Yep, yep. and West Brom are nineteenth. If we don't get all three points against both of those teams, it's going to be really—it's going to be a tough
0: episode to film next week. I am not looking forward to that. I've got to be fully truthful with you, because if we—if we do win, it'll be nice, and I would love to beat Chelsea because one of my best friends is a Chelsea fan, and that would make my my week. My year. <laughs> um, but I have that feeling that we're going to lose to Chelsea and we're going to draw to Brighton. I, I just have that really bad feeling and that bad sense of like, uh-oh, this ain't going to be pretty. Um, and I'm looking at it right now. Our top scorers are Alba and Lacazette with three apiece and Gabrielle with two. Chelsea have Abraham with five, Werner with four, and Zuma with four. Timo Werner should have about twenty goals. That's besides the point. Um, but I'm very scared for to face Chelsea. That they they are what we wanted to be, and that they're like, I just I'm terrified in a weird way. And next episode, as you said, is going to be um, interesting. That no matter it depends on the results. But if the results go how we think they're going to go, it ain't gonna be fun. And talking about the results, what do you think the score against first Chelsea and then Brighton will be? What do you think the score is going to be? And who do you think is going to score for us if if at all we score? So Chelsea, I think we lose 2-0.
1: Uh, I, um, I think Werner and we'll give one to Thiago Silva because Chelsea's center backs have a knack for goal. And it would be funny if Werner scored against us because he has had a pretty rough year and uh, scoring against us would be so Arsenal. Against Brighton, we'll have Aubameyang back. I'm going to give us an optimistic, fingers crossed,
0: 1-0 win and Aubameyang goal. That is very optimistic. <laughs> that, is, that is more optimistic than I am. Um, I think... For the Chelsea match, I'm thinking we're going to lose 3-1. I think we're going to see uh, Timo Werner, Tammy Abraham, and Tago Silva each score. And Martinelli will score for us. It'll be the one bright spot for us. It'll be 1-1. He'll have scored. It'll be awesome. And then we're going to let up one more goal with Tago Silva. And then it'll be a Tammy Abraham 88th minute. Just tapping off the game. And then it's, guess, a, it's Bryce, a Tammy
1: Abraham goal. It'll be a tap in.
0: Yeah, it'll be a Tammy Abraham's happen, as we all know, as we all know and love. And then Brighton, I think we'll end up drawing uh, 2-2. I think Neil Mope is going to have a brace, our favorite player to play against. Swink, wink. wink. Um, he's going to have a brace, or it's going to be him with one and March with one. And then I think Alba's going to get one, and Martinelli's going to get one as well. I think Martinelli's going to prove huge for us. I am, like, we are really big at Gabrielle Martinelli. Like we cannot stress it enough how big we are on him. That we, I think, Gabriel Martinelli obviously is the future of this club. Oh yeah,
1: and he wants to be here. He chose us, and um, if he plays anything like he did last year, coming off of the injury, he's going to be one of the best strikers in the Premier League in the next couple of years. And oh, yeah. we hope that he, we hope that he fulfills his potential, and we hope that he doesn't get stuck in a place of attrition you know that you know this this club is so in such a weird place right now that we hope that it doesn't hinder Martinelli's progress so we need to give him the minutes and right now he's getting them so I think he deserves a start against Chelsea and if he doesn't get it then uh, Arteta is gonna confuse me once more
0: yeah and I I do want to repeat it because and I've said we're beating a dead horse here if if we are to fire Arteta, and this will be the last point of discussion for this episode, if we fire him, what's the move? What do we do? Because again, w- who are we gonna replace him with? Like Allegri's not gonna want to come here. Do we bring in Tuchel, who clearly is not gonna be liked by the board? Like who Or do we I mean, I, I, I don't
1: see I don't see who, you know, I There's don't no see one. a viable I don't see a viable
0: option. Which is why, you know, everyone
1: just yelling Arteta out into the void fails to consider that he may not be the problem. He's part of the problem. He's not the problem. And getting rid of him would only exacerbate, you know, the performance of this team. And it would only create more instability. You know, three managers in four years is obviously going to, affect a team we saw sure. it with manchester united um with van hall and Moyes, and then Mourinho, and you know their their carousel after sir alex ferguson retired so uh, this club needs stability and i mean when i am on a 19 game win streak at villarreal but that's, we had a 22 that's... game we we had a 22 game i mean not one streak um un, unbeaten streak
0: unbeaten streak
1: <laughs> yeah yeah my bad that's my bad, but Emery had a 22 game unbeaten streak at Arsenal and his tactics were awful. He was not a good manager with us. I, I mean, the, the trust in Arteta is waning. It's clear to see, but here on this podcast, it's Arteta in, it's not Arteta out yet. It, that'll be determined after January, I think, for both of us. Yeah. But right now, stability is what this club needs. Arteta's is a former player. He loves the club. He's worked under Pep. He's the right man. He's what we need. Yeah. And I think getting rid of him would just be a poor decision because there's no alternative.
0: Yeah. And, like, with – when we wanted Arsene Wenger out, we said it's time, there's enough managers out there, we can get one that it was oh we can get Unai Emery or we can get Allegri there was a, there was options and then we wanted Emery out we were like we can get Arteta that we wanted him even Mourinho was an option we, for us Mourinho was an option like that. that there was enough choices for us that we can get somebody but with Arteta now it's like do we want Tuchel do we want to bring a manager from PSG to Arsenal again do we do it a second time around do we learn from our mistakes we're not going to learn from our mistakes. We need to keep Arteta and trust him. Like, we need to. It's the only way we're going to do anything. And if we let him go, as you said, it will just hurt the club. We need stability. We need to keep the same people in. I think the one person who should who should leave, if anyone, would be Edu. But that's about it. And we are Arteta in, as Arjun said you are Arteta in until we are proven otherwise. Until it, we have to say he should leave. He is, he's staying with us. We want or Until
1: him. there's, until there's some kind of alternative, because, you know, that, that's everyone, everyone who's saying Arteta out just doesn't have an answer for who to bring in. And, and I were, don't either. I really don't. And it, there's not someone who loves the club out there more than Arteta. You know, he played for us.
0: He played for us. And there was someone who said, oh, bring in Potch. Posh didn't want to go to Barcelona because he had allegiance to, I think it was Espanol. Granada or Ibar or something. Espanol. Espanol. So he didn't want to go there. Do you think he'd play, he'd coach for us after coaching for Spurs? Heck no. Not even close. Like there's no alternative. There's no one for us to bring in who's going to replace him. And he be a, because of that and B because we've seen Arteta wants to do like the right things. It's just that he doesn't have the players for it right now. He has, He doesn't have the players for what he wants to do. And so we've got to give him the players. We've got to give him January. And then we can start talking about this. Um, so if that's it for you, Arjun, that will be it for us here on the Going Going Luter podcast holiday special. Everyone's favorite. Make sure to stay safe. Stay healthy, y'all. Make sure to check us out at GGGoonerPod on Twitter. Make sure to check out Z89. Make sure also check out our other episodes. We filmed uh, six previous weeks of episodes, uh, one or two episodes per week, depending on which week it was. We also have our amazing uh, transfer special coming out in just a few short days. So please make sure to check that out when it drops, because we're going to talk about a lot on that. There's going to be a lot of discussion. There's going to be a special guest. We don't know who it'll be yet. You'll find out on it and it'll be a good episode and we know you guys will enjoy it. And that also will not take up the episode slot for next week. So do not forget, we will have episode eight coming out. That'll be its own special episode transfer. So we'll have episode eight as well as the transfer special. So make sure to stick around for those ones from myself, from Arjun. We are signing out. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you all. We will check you guys out next week and on the transfer special.